Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is so good to see you all here this morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here. I just want to apologize for the squeaky sound noise that was made. It was 100% my fault, and I'm sorry about that. Um, Before we get started this morning with the message, I just want to take a moment and invite you all to our first birthday party. Horizon will celebrate one whole year of being together in worship, serving our community, shining light and impacting um, and igniting change here on September the 15th, 2019. So go ahead and put it on your calendars. From 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, we're going to have free yoga. We're partnering with Union 3. There are new cycle and yoga place opening up in um, channel side in a couple months so we're going to partner with them there will be child care during free yoga so come we would love to do that there we'll have an exciting worship service the band's going to sing some of our favorites it's just going to be a fun fun morning and then after the service we're going to have impa mamas does everybody here know impa mamas empanada so we're going to have those after the service we're going to have polar cups there's going to be a bounce house for the kids so just a time to celebrate all the ways that we're shining light and igniting change. Now here's the deal, okay? We are so excited to celebrate our first birthday, but what we're more excited about is having a second birthday and a third birthday and a fourth birthday, and that's going to be dependent on us continuing to expand and invite other people to experience this movement. So right now, I want you to go ahead and be thinking of one or two people you're going to invite to the birthday party. It's going to be a fun day here at church. It'll be an easy invite, so I want you to go ahead and be thinking about who is someone that you can invite to come with you to celebrate Horizon, um, Shining Light, and Igniting Change. There's going to be an opportunity for you to write thank you notes to teachers at the school that we partner with, BT Washington in Ebor. There's going to be an opportunity to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So there, our presence here will make a difference that day. So go ahead and be thinking about who you can invite. Does that sound good? Everybody in? Um, all right. So this morning, I would rather talk about the first birthday party than um, what we're going to have to talk about. So we're talking, we're continuing this series about transforming your hustle. And this morning, we're going to look at the words of James. It's one of the books in the New Testament. It's a guy who's leading um, the church right after Jesus has died and rose again. So he's got all these people who've seen this big, hopeful, amazing thing happen as Jesus died and rose from the dead. And now they're like, what does this mean for us, right? Like we believe in this big, hopeful thing, but what does that mean in our day? day-to-day lives? How does the, the things, the little things that we do from day to day, does it actually matter? Does it actually, does it actually matter? And, and James is like, yes, it matters a great deal, and we have to continue to do the things that Jesus taught us to do. We have to continue to live as the people Jesus, to, Jesus taught us to live, as we continue to work for that new day that we will know that is made possible because Jesus Christ died and rose again. And this morning, we're going to talk about how the words that we say are one of those things that matters. Um, if you know me, um, that is something that uh, I like. I've really had to wrestle with this week because I'm a person. The red hair is natural, and it just sometimes I say things before I completely think. Um, sometimes I don't, and then there's this part of me right that doesn't say things when I need to. When I'm si- I'm silent. When when I need to have the courage and the bravery to speak. So this morning's sermon is not about how we learn to say nice things to one another. It's it's what Paul says in Ephesians to a brand new church that's just starting. He says, if you guys want to continue to make an impact on the community for Jesus, you've got to learn to start speaking the truth to one another in love. And so that's what we're going to talk about. 
about this morning is James is, is teaching these people how do, we, how do we pay attention to what's happening in our heart and in our head so that we are speaking truth to one another in love. Um, this week, one of the things that caught me the most is I was thinking about how important some words that have been said to me were. Some have really impacted my life in one way, and some have impacted my life in a not-so-good way. When I was in 11th grade, um, I was hustling. I ran track at the time. I wanted to get a track scholarship. I wanted to get into a good college, so I was taking really hard classes, and I had a car, and you know what? Cars run on gas, and gas costs money, so I had to have a job to fill, it up, fill my car up with gas. And so every morning I got up really early, and I was at the track for my first track practice of the day at 6.30 a.m. I would finish up track practice, my running, about 7.30, and then I would spend a whole day in classes doing some, you know, hard work in, in my classes, and then I would go to my second track practice of the day after school, and then at 4.30, I would leave track practice and work a shift at Pinto's Cafe, it's a real place, um, from 5 o'clock to 9 o'clock, and then I would go home every day and work on homework for a couple hours and go to sleep and do it again, hustling, right, just working really hard to get all the things done. My junior year, my 11th grade year in high school, I was in an English class that was it was the last period of the day, so it was a really, really exciting class. And this one day in class, the teacher turns the lights off and plays a video of the play, The Death of a Salesman. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it is not riveting or fun to watch. And the, the classroom, it's like spring, so the classroom is warm. It's really comfortable in there. This video that's not interesting at all is playing. And I remember sitting there like, I am going to fall asleep. I'm going to fall asleep. There was one point where I like had taken my fingers and kept my eyes open and my uh, elbows were on the desk. I'm like, please just don't let me fall asleep. Please just don't let me fall asleep. But you know what happened about 20 minutes into this most boring video. My head falls down on my desk and I'm fast asleep. About three or four minutes into this nap, the lights turn on. And my 11th grade English teacher says out loud to me, says out loud in front of the whole class, really loud, if you want to be a good student, you do not sleep in my class. And I'm like automatically up. And he's like, you just wrote a paper a week ago about how you want to get in a good college. And now you're sleeping through my class. And I'm like embarrassed because I'm, he's yelling at me in front of everybody. I've just written this paper. He's not kidding a week ago about my hopes and my dreams. And he's calling me out that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to day to day. Um, to make sure that my hustle is actually producing the things that I want it to. And I remember just being like absolutely crushed. So he turned the lights back off, and that's when I took a moment to let the little tears slide down my face. Still, 15 years later, when I tell that story, I choke up telling it. Those words mattered to me. It could have drastically changed my life, but thank goodness every day I left from that class and I went down to track practice to the wisest, most patient coach I've ever known in my whole life, Mr. Hart. And y'all may have been around me enough to know that I can get really anxious and upset about things. And in track, that's not good because it's such a technical sport when you're long jumping and triple jumping. That's the events I did. It's very technical. And when one thing goes off, you have to figure out how to shift quick, right? Um, you have to be able to mentally handle things not going exactly like you want. And sometimes I just absolutely couldn't do that. And Mr. Hart would come over when he'd see me being what he called me, a head case. Y'all... If y'all have been here setting up with me ever, you've <laughs> seen that Camille is laughing. 
because it's a real thing. Uh, it just become a head case. And, and Mr. Hart, all the way across the field, would say, Erica, don't get stuck up here. Let this lead the way. And he'd point to his heart. Don't get stuck up here. Let this lead the way. A couple weeks after falling asleep in that 11th grade English class, I was I was a decent athlete. I was ranked number one in the long jump, the triple jump. I pole vaulted. Do y'all know what the pole vault event is? I was ranked third in that. I was doing pretty good. Your 11th grade year is really important because by spring of the next year, it's too late to get a track scholarship. Everybody already knows what college they're going to by the time track season ends. So your 11th grade year is really important. It's important to show you can compete in big meets. It's the postseason. It's conference, the conference track meet. I've done really good in the long jump and triple jump, and I come up for the pole vault, and I land wrong, and I heard my ankle pop. Two weeks before the state championship track meet. And my coach hears me scream because it was really painful. And I crawl to the side of the mat. And right at the moment, I'm just like in pain. I can't even think about like what's happening. And then I remember sitting on the side of the mat waiting for him to go get the golf cart to carry me back to the field house. And I remember it hit me like I've hustled for three, four, five, six months for years. And I'm watching my track career sort of burn up right here in front of me, and I don't know what to do. I was hustling, I was giving it everything I had, and I was watching the things that I worked for just not happen right there in that moment. Mr. Hart put me in the golf cart, and he didn't speak, all the way to the field house. Thank goodness, because it gave me a second to cry, because <laughs> um, I was just mad and angry and sad. And when we got to the field house, he looked at me, and he didn't tell me, it's going to be all right, everything will be fine. He knew he knew I was crushed. He looked at me and he said, Erica, you know what I always tell you? Right now, you want to get stuck up here. Let this lead the way. And he looked at me and he said words that still to this day, when I get all stuck up here, I remember he says, let this lead the way. You are strong. That's all he said. And then he put some ice on my ankle and said, you probably need to go to the ER. <laughs> it was just a sprain, but they told me that it would have been better for me to break it the way, um, as bad as it was sprained. I was out for the regional and um, state track meet. I missed that. But I still was able to bounce back the next year. Um, I did wind up going my first year to college on a track scholarship. So it was, it was okay. But still in these moments, still 15 years later, I remember the powerful words of an English teacher, right, who needed to tell me, your hustle needs to be transformed. I was doing way too much. No one can operate on the schedule I was operating on for a long period of time. Someone needed to interrupt my life and say, you've got to transform your hustle a little bit. This isn't sustainable. But he said it in a way that just kind of crushed me, right? And then I had a track coach who, in a moment when my hustle was interrupted by circumstances I couldn't control, he said, let your heart lead the way. You are strong. Words that have stuck with me still 15 years later. The things you say, they don't have to be a dissertation. They don't have to be 50 pages long. The phrases and the things that we say in our day-to-day, -day, they matter, and they impact the lives of the people around us. This morning, if you are here and you are living your life in the hustle that we've been talking about, you move from place to place, thing to thing, person to person, you just are moving at this frantic pace trying to get it all done, God wants to transform your hustle into a courageous and confident pursuit of things that will change your life and our community, things that really actually matter. And if you want your hustle to be transformed, you are going to have to let God transform the words that come out of your mouth.
Okay, this is not a sermon just about how to say nice things. This is about how we actually speak the truth in love. How in the moments when people's lives have fallen apart, you're able to look at them and speak some kind of truth about God's love and about who God sees them as in love. If you want your hustle to be a confident and courageous pursuit for the things that matter, that are actually going to change your lives and our community, our words, we're going to have to start paying attention to the words that come out of our mouth. And I love you all, but in the age of social media, this was before James and Jesus were talking to people, guess what also matters? Your fingers and your phones, your tweets and your Facebook posts, these things matter. We've seen them impact our world. And if you want God to continue to transform our, our lives and our communities, communities to what they need to be, what God wants them to be, we're going to have to let God transform the words that we are sharing too. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you'll turn to James chapter 3, we're going to read verses 2 through 10. It says, we all make mistakes often. Did y'all hear that? How, who makes mistakes? All of us. We make them often. But those who don't make mistakes with their words have reached full maturity. Like a bridled horse, they can control themselves entirely. When we bridle horses and put bits in their mouths to lead them wherever we want, we can control their whole bodies. Consider ships. They are so large that strong winds are needed to drive them. But pilots direct their ships wherever they want with a little rudder. In the same way, even though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts wildly. Think about this. A small fire can set a whole forest on fire. The tongue is a small flame of fire, a world of evil at work in us. It contaminates our entire lives. Because of it, the circle of life is set on fire. The tongue itself is set on fire by the flames of hell. People can tame and already have tamed every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish. No one can tame the tongue, though. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Listen, listen to this, guys. With it, we both bless the Lord, our God, and we curse human beings made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come from the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, it shouldn't be this way. What you say matters. What, you, what others hear, it matters. Our words matter. People in this day and time when they're reading this, they, they saw really big things happen. And James says, yes, hope in the big eternal things. We talk about that a lot. How do we hope and work for this new day? But the things that we do, the seemingly mundane things that we do and that we say to each other, they matter because James says they, so, they show you something about your heart. So in each of these warnings, there were five warnings or so in here, and in each of those warnings, it says pay attention to your words, pay attention to what you're saying or not saying, and then it offers us a question to ask about our heart. The first question that you, the, fir, the very first thing that we saw in there were all of us make mistakes. You're not going to get this right all the time. Go ahead and let go of that. Once in a while, you are not going to get it right. But if you really want your, your hustle to be transformed, if you really want to have that courageous and confident pursuit for the things of God, you are going to have to watch what you say. We are going to have to let our words look more like the words Jesus would speak now, all of us make mistakes. All of us make mistakes. I want you to hear that to start with. The first warning, though, this morning is small 
but mighty. We, ha- we say small phrases, but they have a mighty impact. We, th- we say things that we think are small, but they have a really mighty impact. Across the street, across the road from where I grew up, I grew up in the country in North Carolina, across the road was a, a family who raised horses. Now their granddaughter is Hallie. She's eight years old. He's, this is her in that picture with the horse. She's tiny. Look at her guiding. Look at that tiny little girl guiding that big old horse. This is what James says. Your tongue is like your mouth is like your words. This is what they are, tiny, but they have a really big and mighty impact. Do you see the tiny but mighty impact? This is what he's talking about. We have the power to impact things. You are not going to always say the things right, but even the small things that you say, humans say about 16,000 words a day. Some of you in here probably speak about 800. Chris has stepped out to be with the Horizon Kids for just a minute. He's probably a little closer to the 800 mark. I'm a little closer to the above 16,000 mark. That's okay. But what you're saying, those small things, even if you don't say a whole lot, those small things that you say, they matter. And it's a reflection of the things in your heart, right? They have the, they have a, they have the power to, to do some mighty, terrible things in the world, to make people think some mighty, terrible things. And they have the power. I want you all to hear this. You have the power. You might, not, you might think, oh, who am I, little old me? You have the power to do some mighty good with just small phrases and things that you say. A whole day can be changed because you said good morning to someone who hadn't heard words spoken to them by an adult all day. Your small words can do a mighty bit of good, and they can do a mighty bit of damage. And so this is what I think James is asking us this morning, to just be aware of that and ask this question deep in your heart. What am I doing from day to day to day with the power that God has given me? Am I using my voice to speak up or speak to people who maybe feel desperate and hopeless? Or am I using my words, the power that I've been given, to just put people down and beneath me? In your heart right now, I want you to ask, what am I doing right now with the power that God has given me? God has given all of us some amount of power. Right now, how are you using your words, even if they're small? That email, that tweet, that Facebook message, those words that you speak to each other, they have, they're small, but they have a mighty impact. What are you doing with the power that God gives to you? That's what, that's what James is saying. It's small, but it has a mighty impact. He, he also talks about the rudder of a ship. So it's tiny, but it has the power to steer an entire ship, right? The Titanic would not be a household name. We wouldn't even know what the Titanic was unless we were a super history major person, except that a tiny rudder didn't make the steering that it needed and it impacted the lives and the world in a split second. Your words have the power to make that kind of impact. How are you going to use them? It's like the rudder of a ship. It's not huge, but the rudder of a ship has the power to impact, to make small or big changes. So right now, I think the heart question That when we start to realize that we have power to impact the things and the people around us, we have to ask a heart question. How do I want God to use me to impact the lives of others? What words am I using with the people at work? How might I be impacting or steering their day? Your, Your significant other, your spouse. What's the first words you speak to them in the day? The last words you speak to them at the end of the day? Your kids, you have the power to steer and impact their day. How are you using that? Ask in your heart, 
how do I want to use my power that God has given me to impact the lives of other people? What do I really want others to experience? The third warning is that your words are like a small flame. They can burn things up like a forest fire, right? But I did some, I did some research on, a for, on forest fires this week, and you know what I learned? That naturally in nature, forest fires happened even before humans could interact because the forest fire allows it to clean out all the dead stuff that's not allowing the light to come down for new things to, to come out. A forest fire literally cleans that out so new life can spring up. And sometimes a forest fire can, de can devastate forest crops for years. Like it takes years for it to be damaged. Do you see? Sometimes they can be good and clear things out and make a way for new life. And sometimes they just burn things all the way to the ground. Your words have that kind of power. And I'm just going to be really honest with you this morning. Some of you are being silent when you need to speak up. And start that fire that's going to clean out some dead stuff. Clean out some stuff that needs to go away to make room for the sun to get there. For God's grace and love to pour on the ground around you so new things can spring up. Some of you have, have not had the courage to say some things that need to be said to people around you or in power. And let me tell you, fires aren't fun. There's still going to be things burned up. There's going to be ashes. There's going to be a moment where it's like, I don't know if this is going to be a good fire or a bad fire. But the heart question is, do I have the courage to speak the kind of words that need to be spoken to clear out the things that need to be cleared out? Or am I using my passion and my anger and my rage to just burn things up? And there's one way. There's one way we know the difference in those two things, and it's to be connected to the wisdom of God. Later on in chapter 3, it says that... A person who's, who has this pure fruit, who's able to speak in a way that brings life to others, has wisdom. They are connected to the wisdom of God. There's going to be a moment where you have to hold on to the courage to just follow the wisdom that God has given you. To speak the truth in love. And start a fire that's going to clear out some things. And some of you need to stop doing that because you're burning things down and it's going to take years to repair. I lived in Tennessee when this fire happened in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Does anybody remember that a few years ago? They are still recovering from that fire years later. Your words might have the power to do that, and the only way you know the difference is connect to God and have the wisdom and the courage to do what it is God asks you to do. So some of you may need the courage to speak up, and some of us need the courage to not speak. <laughs> to be silent. I was going to say shut up, but we're working on not saying that at my house. <laughs> so, But some of you need the courage to speak up, and some of you need the courage to not speak up. The fourth warning, the final warning that, 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 Jesus, that James offers is he says that your words can be refreshing like fresh spring water, or they can offer salt water to people who really are clinging something refreshing. Your words can offer something refreshing and hopeful and cleansing to someone who's thirsting for it. Or your words can offer salt, nasty water to people who are already dehydrated and dried out. This morning, I think our heart question is, do I want to be a person that builds up, that offers something refreshing to someone else? Or do I want to be a person that tears down? With our mouths... 3.9, it said, with our mouths, we can bless the Lord our God. All of you have mouths. 
that can offer blessings to people who need to hear it. And all of us have the power to curse, to tear down, to build down, to, to tear down. How are you going to let God use that power that you have in your mouth this week? Being silent in a time where words don't need to be spoken, that can offer refreshing water to somebody. When something terrible's happened and someone just needs you to sit there, don't be dreaming up crazy words to say to them. Sometimes being silent is exactly what people need to hear. It's how they experience the love of God. It can be like a glass of fresh water. And sometimes when we say things that make sense of things that are tragic and terrible, it's like offering salt water. Again, the heart question is, right now, do I want to be used to build up or tear down? And the way that we know the difference in those things is just to be connected to God. I want you all to hear me really clear this morning. The message this morning is not just go around and say nice things. This is not a message about saying nice things. This is a message about how we can be people who speak the truth in love. Some of you are saying tiny things every single day to people all around you. How can the tiny things you say actually have the power to build up and change the world? How might they set something on fire, right? Do you believe that you can impact someone's life by the words that you say or you don't say today? People who just want to say nice things or be silent on issues that matter. Some of you, I, I fall into this category sometimes. I just want to be silent about this. It matters to me, but it's easier if I just sit here and I don't say a whole lot. There are people who are listening, and new life may depend on you starting a fire and clearing some things out. That's been the message that's really hit me. I didn't think that I was ever going to hear a message that I may need to quit being silent. But it's time, folks, it's time when we see the things around us that are tearing people down and not building people up that we use our voice to speak up. I'm not crazy. I don't live under a rock. I know. We live in a world with gun violence and media's hysteria. Like, just things are crazy right now. And we, as followers of Jesus, have to offer a word of hope and peace. And it may not just be, good morning, hope your day's good. It may be something deeper than that, but the only way we can make sure this is actually inviting people closer to God is that we are connected to God and what God wants to say. Some of you this morning are offering words of hope and refreshment to people who are in deserts. Thank you for that. And some of you may feel the need to be offering more of that. Some of you may be called this morning to be silent and just sit with someone and that be a way that people experience the power of God. This morning, I want you to know the things you say or you don't say, they actually matter. Even when we don't say things, it speaks volumes. It speaks volumes. So this morning, our challenge this week, if we want our hustle to be transformed, if we want to quit moving from place to place and thing to thing and person to person in a frantic pace, our challenge this week is how can we have words that offer space for someone else's hustle to be transformed? How do we offer words that, that express the hustle that has been transformed in our own life by God? Will you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you that even when we make mistakes and we don't get it right, that you offer us forgiveness. For those of us who need wisdom and power and courage to be silent or to speak up, we pray for that right now.
For those of us who've been hurt by words, God, we ask you right now to be our healer, to start to show us what it means to heal from the words that have burned down and torn down. And we ask you, God, to transform our hustle, that our courageous and confident pursuit for the things you offer to us and to our community will be offered in ways that are refreshing, that make room for new life, that build up, that encourage, and that strengthen. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. Amen.